This show is sponsored by Nature Box. Nature Box ships tasty snacks right to your door with over 100 flavors to choose from, like Asiago and Cheddar Cheese Crisp, Pistachio Power Clusters, and Big Island Pineapple. You'll never get bored of snacking again. Try Nature Box by going to naturebox.com slash badchristian. That's naturebox.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, weasels? Yeah, I'm out of nicknames. Send me some more. I don't have any right now. I am in a hurry. I got to get out of here. I've got a short intro for you today. Let me tell you about the really cool thing. The vinyl from Emery's album, You Were Never Alone, is in. We have it. It's beautiful. We have a special edition variant. Uh, If you know what a variant is, then you won't. If you don't know, that means it's a special one. It's not just plain black. It looks really cool. Go to emerymusic.com, and you can look at it. You can decide if it's right for you. We're so excited to have vinyl. We've never had it before. Um, Our old record company that owned it had pressed a couple of versions and sent it out to some people. It was sold out. We never saw any or any of the money from it, anything like that, of like the week's end. They made one or two pressings of a couple hundred pieces. But we've essentially never had any vinyl. We've never seen any in our hands or had control of it. But we have it for this new record, and we earn money for it. We spent a bunch of our own money to get it pressed, and now we're excited to share it with you guys and play it on our own record players at our house. What a privilege. So if you're into vinyl, which it seems like more and more people are in, just go do it. We'll give you a digital download if you haven't already got one, whatever. But just get this. It's something physical, something tactile, something tangible that you can listen to music on. Uh, the vinyl even has a different track list. Same songs, different order, just for the vinyl. Uh, go to emorymusic.com and check it out today. Last thing, I just put up an episode of the Break It Down podcast with Cody from As Cities Burn. We talked about uh, his new music, but additionally his divorce, uh, changing his faith back and forth, using weed, uh, mental instability, lots of awesome stuff. Go to breakitdownpod.com. Three, two, one, hit it. Around. Nothing's ever gonna keep you down. You're the best around. Get him, Daniel. Come on, Daniel. Kick him. Kick him, Johnny. Put him in a body bag. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. That's what you were looking for. It's coming around. All right. The bad, yeah, he's coming, the bad coming Christian podcast is back. Man, that movie makes me feel weird. I love, I weird. Love it. it makes oh, me feel weird. It. It's like so. What kind of weird? Oh, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. The, Matt said, let okay. him talk. Okay, okay. sorry, okay. Matt. Hey, Matt. We, we, sorry. we messed no, the no, hell up. No, no, fuck me, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, I'm a bastard that's, here. That's Karate no, no. Kid Part 1. I love it. Good. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I made Joey fall. Out. Well, you know the good thing about that, Toby, is <laughs> it just reminded me of something. Joey, normally when you say something reminded you of something, you start laughing. The next thing that happens is we ask you what it told, is. He showed me, and off then you mic. can't tell us what it is. He showed yeah. me off mic, <laughs> and now you can't could, say can't, whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not at liberty. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, Matt, come on, <laughs> get on with your bullshit. <laughs> Can I even say the gesture that you made? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, move news, on, man. The Matt. good news move is on. that uh, every, even if they only listen Damn, to the hot. first 30 seconds, it still counts as a download. So for anybody, <laughs> yeah. anybody who's remaining, <laughs> welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Uh, yes. Back in town, this episode's special because we're going to talk to Stephen Keach in a little bit. He's going to c- c- call in yeah. in real time. And, t- and we're going to be hasty about it. <laughs> 
Today is Tuesday, and I'm going to publish this episode just as soon as we get done recording it. So you're getting al- almost a live episode, which is great. Because sometimes we have Damn. to catch episodes in you know different times, different interviews, and piece them together. This one is straight through live, and we're posting it tonight. I'm going to post it as soon as you guys listen to me here. You, I'm going to post it as soon as I get back from the studio tonight because I'm going to spend the rest of the day uh, engineering and tracking the new acceptance record. Oh, that is so cool, man. Oh, man. I actually, I really want to hear a lot more about... <laughs> hey, man, I got a damn pizza. <laughs> <laughs> man, tell us more. Why, why don't you go ahead and get your pizza your from career. Neil first? Hey, man, it's this damn pizza. <laughs> my, my favorite part of Neil is when he gets pissed about us not answering the door. <laughs> damn it, man. Just... Shit, I can hear y'all <laughs> Go get the pizza already. Hey, Toby, did you know I was super, super extremely depressed on my birthday? Could you tell when I walked into my birthday? Oh, my birthday? God. That is so hilarious. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like, did, did you know the, no. day, the day before? <laughs> Can I? All right, so this kills me. This kills me. So I walk into my house at, at 530. Everybody, everybody I know is in there saying happy birthday. Just five hours earlier, my wife is sobbing in the kitchen oh saying, Oh, my gosh. I just I planned a huge surprise party for you. What do you want me to do? Because I was, I mean, I was right. just at. The so lowest. I'm at. I get invited to Joey's surprise uh-huh. birthday party, <laughs> and Joey. Has to, this is awful. I'm, I'm loving it. Just keep Joey, going, Joey. Well, let me. Joey comes to his birthday party from a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> He walks in dressed up from a funeral. (laughs) Surprise! And see Joey. That's perfect. I know Joey so well. I immediately, I mean, we know what Joey goes through. I mean, that is the worst possible setup. He comes from a a funeral. He's dressed up and everything. He he walks in thinking, I'm going to decompress. I'm going to chill. You know, my wife, maybe, did you know it was going to happen or what? Okay, I lied to about 25 people who said, hey, were you surprised? And I was like, yeah, I was surprised. But no, but I you, just told you I had a conversation with Michelle right. in the okay. kitchen. Okay, so where, she was upset. Okay. Yeah, because she, so you knew it was she, thought, happen. she thought she should call it off. So you were regretting it. Like you, you I'm, I'm sorry, you weren't regretting it. You were just thinking about the, dreading it the whole way from the funeral. <laughs> Funny either way. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up, I mean, here's the thing is Priscilla, Priscilla actually... Uh, planned the party because she didn't want my birthday. Right. I mean, that was my birthday that actual day. She yeah. didn't want that to end on a funeral. So she's just like, well, I'll just invite all of yeah. Joey's closest friends. It'll be a great time. It's actually a great idea if I wasn't really? depressed yeah, out of my mind. Idea. I mean, it was just so it ended, up, it ended up being a win because I would say after about an hour and a half, <laughs> I was starting to come out of it a little bit, but yeah. I, mean, I just had to really. So, what, how did it get to her crying five hours before that, though? That's the interesting part. Well, to because me. you were like, you bitch, I don't want a birthday <laughs> no, party. No, because so that was Saturday late morning, and but starting Friday afternoon, I mean, I told her, I said, it's like, I know this sounds crazy and weird, but I was just like, it's, it's happening. Like, I, I don't, you know, I'm just warning you because I was out the door. Actually going somewhere, and I said, "I this this is not feeling good." It's Sometimes funeral prep can take it, really take it out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, surely enough, it just was a downward spiral all the way through Friday night, and then I woke up Saturday morning. It was no better, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I end up being a really horrible person to be around because I don't have anything to give anyone. 
And it's weird, and I hate even admitting this, but I think I can, and it goes back to what Toby was talking about his kids in a past episode, but it's like I, I feel like it's my responsibility to fake it with my kids, but I feel like I'm doing Priscilla a disservice to fake it with her, hmm. and yet it's almost like I should at least try, but it seems like any try I do is faking it. Yeah. So well, I don't also, fake she can read wife. right through yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like whenever you're so depressed, it, you, you're not a good yeah. actor. When you're I think depressed. you can so, fool I mean, people you don't know for sure, for sure but no way you're fooling Priscilla or I mean, Toby or The me. funniest thing is I'm, I'm standing in, in Joey's dining room and all of a sudden everybody goes, surprise. And I look at, I'm looking at my kids where I look up and I see Joey walking in dressed up from a funeral <laughs> And just the look, plastic face. face. I was like, "Oh my god!" The half yeah, moon, half weird smile, smile, plastic looking. It's like, "Oh, so glad, <laughs> so glad you're here." It really, thank you. And he, he went around and did the one arm hug to <laughs> everyone, male or female. And I was like, uh, "This I, dude's <laughs> heart is exploding. This guy is dying right in front of me." And I, there was nothing I could do. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But I will say, you handled it well. I think that was like I thought at first I was like, huh. It, I did think is he just not? I mean, sometimes surprises are weird and awkward, even especially because you knew. So you had to say, "I'm so happy you're here" and all that stuff. I think even if you weren't depressed, that'd be a little awkward. So I thought overall, you did pretty good. Yeah. By the time I was leaving, I thought, yeah, you seemed pretty normal. You were sitting in a chair, relaxing, yeah, kind of smiling, I, and I got better. So I. Once again, I think maybe if you just push through sometimes or something changes your mind, it, it does get you out. Like you, There was no way for you to sink into depression. You had to be on to an extent. That kind of brought you out. Yeah, I can't deny so that. So good for Priscilla. Now, the other thing about that is for sure when, I mean, boy, I want to say women, but I'll say my wife at least. The thing that I can't stand about the birthdays is my birthday is for sure about Bridget is not, and your birthday's yeah, coming like up too, right, man? I don't like to talk about it because it's not important <laughs> or useful to me. But to my wife, it's a big deal. So my birthday party, see, I've been changing. My birthday party is for her. So there's some element that goes on there when the person gets into the mode of they're doing something for you and they want it to be good. That's to some degree, my wife wants to have a really big party and she wants to do this and do all this stuff. So she'd be disappointed. You know, like it's, I'm not ever going to be disappointed with my party if it's good or medium or bad. I'm, I don't care. But she would be devastated if we had a big party for me and it wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, and I think this is really uh, a weird thing that I've been realizing, but I'd say in the past two or three years, like birthdays have actually been kind of fun because it's like, I don't know if it's sharing it with my daughter because she was born on my birthday and then Priscilla spoiling and all that stuff. But I used to, I would say through most of my late 20s and early 30s, I just didn't care. I was just like, it's just a day. I'd say the last three or four years, I've really enjoyed it. And I told Priscilla that I was just like, man, I really, I really like my birthdays. It's kind of fun. We, you know, do some fun stuff. So then pair that with, oh gosh, and he's doing a funeral. So I really think that was her attempt to be like, okay, well, let's, let's, because even last year, I even said, hey, let's get a lot of my friends together. And we did it. So I think for her, it's like, holy crap, what's going on with Joey? Like he wants to be around a bunch of people. So, okay, I'll, I'll make it happen. So, um, I, uh, I don't know if, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is an unfair thing. Better to say not say not. it. Be safe. Don't, don't mess up. So I, I would just use profanity. I would all, just be really careful and probably not do it. Yeah. 
Well, that's exactly. I what, would go filthy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Is we have had um, guests uh, that have turned us down recently that have that have, have actually scheduled a date and time to be on the podcast, like Matt Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to bleep that out? I don't want to tear this guy up. Bleep it out. You can bleep out me bleeping this out. <laughs> Sorry. But I thought- any, anyway, the rationale, it just doesn't make sense. And then you do, some, you, you do some investigating on their blog site, and it seems like they're preaching a different message than what they're telling us, their reasons for not coming on. So this guy, basically, when you get around to it, he says, yeah, you know, he does really have an important message to tell. That's why we wanted him on here. We thought our listeners could really benefit from it. But then he checks out our website literally two days before coming on the podcast and says, yeah, it's just a little too uh, wild and crazy and your terminology. Related and, to sex. You know, free, free sex podcast. And they're talking about going down on your man and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, but it's, it's marriage relationships. Like, I'm sorry that it's, it's not a little more eloquently put but you're you're not going to come on the podcast because of that and and it's it's reputation uh okay so to boil that down it's it's yeah to boil that down the reason is i'm not coming on your podcast because on the podcast website there's another podcast it's called free sex and it mentions oral sex i'm not coming on your podcast right which every man on earth is mad that his wife would give him a blowjob. <laughs> I mean, I promise you, most men are pissed off when a wife goes, hey, I'm giving yep. you a blowjob. Anyway, just, just to clarify, so that's he, exactly he, the specific reason. Not because yeah, we could so or something. I, I, uh, I think this guy has a great message. I think he is a very great communicator. But I do think that this is part of the problem, if not a huge part of the problem, uh, with the church because... He is sacrificing the potential of thousands of people hearing something that the three of us think is super important because it may be a little risky for him. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. I mean, I don't want to read the email for his word image for word, more. but he's, I mean, he's basically saying it's for me. I can't, I can't do this. But he's in his mind, and maybe he's right, in his mind he would say it's just unwise. It's yeah, just not good for me to come on. So I told I told Toby I was just like Toby is it like is it art because you know the whole Driscoll episode uh, that a lot of you have listened to um, if not it's a, I think a really really good episode but the, that all came about because Toby and I actually had a conversation we we're just like I think we have to do this like I think we're almost like obligated morally obligated I don't know but we felt hey with what we're trying to do with Bad Christian we've got to talk about this. And so I asked Toby, I was just like, Toby, I, I want to be nice about it, but do I need to respond to this guy and just say, hey, this is kind of not right. Like, the reasons that you're giving us for not coming on, it doesn't make sense, especially when you go to your website and you say something along the lines of, hey, if you're not willing to risk it all, then you have no right to call yourself a Christian or something. Toby, you said he said something like that on this blog? Yeah, just if you don't risk, risk anything, then And you actually you did write an email that you didn't send. <laughs> yeah, I wrote an email, and I just saved it as a draft and just thought about it because... The truth is, I guess I believe I'm not going to change anybody's mind. And if I had to really say, the people that can come on this podcast could mean something, could uh, I, or could chastise us and correct us and help yes. us to see it more clearly. Like what? What are we missing? Like why would you avoid going on someplace because you might be associated right. with something? Right. Like I mean, what did Jesus ever avoid the prostitute? Did he? I mean, seriously. 
Did he avoid the woman that was caught in adultery? What, what did he avoid that could have been attached to him that made him seriously look like he's okay with tax collectors and prostitutes? Right. I mean, well, I just don't understand. And who are you actually – I mean, my biggest question is, is that just because you might lose your job? Or, like, the, uh, who, who are you trying to protect? The people that could actually benefit or the people that think that you're stupid and dumb anyway? Or, or whatever that might be. I don't know. Is it unfair for me to say, though, that this is what he's saying? He's saying, I have an important message to tell people. Here's an opportunity that I can get on a bad, bad Christian podcast, and I know how many people are listening to it, but I'm not going to give people this beneficial message that I believe in because it may be bad for me. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, the I mean, thing is, I that, w- is that unfair? No, no, that's true. I mean, Maybe but, it is. You know, you, it might be. I mean, I mean I, here's the thing. I want people to hear clearly. We are not saying that. Like I said, it can easily come across as we think we're we're frustrated. Somebody won't come on our podcast. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want people to hear that. I, mean, I could what go I, on a list: Damian Gerardo, right, right. Sifion Stevens, and these are guys I think we respect. Matt their Chandler also canceled we as well. That's true. Yeah, yeah like right. we. But I think I think the guy from Jimmy World, Matt think, Chandler, suit. All those guys either I mean, declined, and think some of them are very scared yeah, about some what of we're them. doing. So it makes me think we're doing something right. Yeah. If people are that. Damn scared. No, but I think about some, what of those, we're doing. some of those artists, though, they don't want to be associated with anything Christian because their names have always been paired. That's with true. Yeah, that's that's what right. Dave Bazan ran from, and I think that's why Dave Bazan probably came on because he's run so far away from it. He doesn't have that problem anymore. But right? but the Jimmy World, the maybe, guy maybe from Jimmy terrible. World, and Matt Chandler both were scheduled and then canceled after maybe he's finding out. No, out. Matt Chandler was, was not scheduled in the process Matt of being scheduled. Right, he was, right. He was well, we, we were being told that he's interested, right. and, he, and they'll get back. And then when they did get back, right. he said, "No, that's we're my not point." That's it. the same thing. There's always a good reason not to get right. back to. Like, oh man, sorry, dude. Right. So, schedule or so Rob Bell's the big question, man. I mean, that's somebody that said that he'll he'll come on. So we'll see. I just think we'll he might not see. like us. I don't think he has any kind of aggression <laughs> or distaste <laughs> for us. He might just be like, "Those guys are terrible interviewers," which I I would love that if all these people were like, "Hey." You guys aren't good at your craft, right? right. I could re- I could understand that Stupid and respect show. it, but if if somebody Dude. tells me, "Hey, what you guys are talking about?" I don't know. I mean, we've had tons of people just say, "Yeah, I don't want to talk about my faith or whatever," but I mean, I don't understand it because I hear them talking about it in other ways, and so either way, it's the exact same thing as Emory. We're either too Christian for some or not Christian yeah. enough. How I mean, cool would it be if Sifion Stevens came on this podcast, started playing a little folk line? And saying about us being sucky at interviews and how he hates us, and I'm leaving this right now. And he dropped. Well, did he? He just declined. We would just love because that. I don't yeah, do Christian I don't know stuff. His, I don't know his reasons. Like that. No, I don't. No, he didn't. Uh, well, I mean, he doesn't do Christian stuff. He makes sure not to align. Yeah, and stuff. I respect that. I, dude, for the record, I freaking think his most recent album is one of the best things that's ever happened. Well, I mean, on the other hand, I, I, mean, I definitely respect people who don't want to be associated with Christianity and, and just put us in that category of uh, some Christian dumb podcast. Like, I understand that. I respect right. for sure. That's okay if you don't want to get tagged with that crowd to, to decline an interview or to not be associated with I think that's a good move for Sufjan. If you are a Christian trying to get message out to other people, then I don't agree. And then you're worried yeah. about not being well, safe. Just- that I disagree with entirely. Man, that, yeah, that's funny, man. That's <laughs> no, this is an edit for all no those people out there. What he was Joey did for. so terrible that we we wanted to add a story. We're editing it here. Joey just went. Uh, uh, <laughs> That was Joey's attempt at a restart when he Here's has no clue I, I what know, he's coming from. I didn't from. know where we were okay, picking up just on. Go ahead. I didn't know where I we were mean, picking up on. Why would you do that? Because I figured <laughs> we. 
<laughs> okay, just go ahead. <laughs> All right, we're adding the story. <laughs> we're going back and editing. This is now in in the podcast. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, now, one thing I've been thinking about lately. <laughs> Matt, you don't have to cut and splice anything. That's Joey it. does it with... <laughs> Our listeners are like, I was just listening to something. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Joey goes... <laughs> That's crazy, man. Anyway, anyway. So I was thinking about this crazy thing I read. (laughs) Do you you think there was anybody that was scared for a second? (laughs) It's like, hey, this podcast, what in the hell? Oh, shit. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) We do edit, ladies and gentlemen. We're editing in this story. Let's roll with it, Joey. All right, so someone wrote us, and uh, they actually... They actually asked for our advice, and they said, hey, and I was surprised they needed, they needed to even ask, but hey, what do you guys think about Christians going to a Slipknot concert? Now, I have to admit, I'm very ignorant of Slipknot. I, don't, I think they're kind of the new metal sound, and I never listened to them, don't know what they're like lyrically, but I said, I don't see, I said, unless there's, unless the environment, you know you're going to an environment where you're probably just going to sin a lot. There's nothing you can do to help it. I said, I don't see the big deal. And he said, yeah, that's kind of what we thought. Here's a letter we just got from our worship leader. So, uh, worship team went to go see Slipknot, and this is the letter they receive. Good evening to each of you as your worship pastor, and because you each are members of the worship team, I am deeply concerned about the concert you attended last week, the summer's last stand tour. I really need to sit down with you all and discuss this with you. I would like to be able to do this all at once and meet with you together. Pastor Beep and I have already talked with Beep and Beep because of their leadership roles in the church. I'm praying that you will be receptive and responsive to what I have to say, but more importantly, be sensitive to God's desires for you and to the harm this does to the Savior you represent. So they they have harmed Jesus. This is truly an issue that needs dealt with completely before you would participate in leading worship. So it will be necessary for me to arrange, rearrange Sunday's team accordingly. Wow. He's got to rearrange everything because of this Slipknot concert. I will discuss with you what Pastor Beep and I believe needs to be done for you to handle this biblically. So that's the letter from the pastor. Uh, I mean, just in itself, I think we all have a little bit of issue with this. And at the same time, we, you know, I don't want to just slam this person, but the thing that does bother me is how does anybody come across saying, most importantly, sensitive to God's desires for you and to the harm this does to the Savior? Yeah. Like, they just harmed Jesus, the King of Kings, the one that apparently killed death, and death no longer has <laughs> a <ended> sting. <laughs> But the Slipknot yeah. concert busted Jesus' right. ass. He took all sin on himself, but, <laughs> but Slipknot Slip conquered death. Yeah. But Corey Taylor's vocals and somebody beating on a keg <laughs> actually does a lot of damage oh to him. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> like, I mean, when I got this, I, my reaction was, oh, crap, there's some people that are still there. Uh, yeah. Like, there's people that well, still The first thing that you way. can do is give the guy some, try to understand his point of view. I agree. I'll do that very briefly before I move into the other phase. But. He seems to like go, oh, this is what I need to do. And I actually think if he believes what he believes, his tone wasn't bad. I thought his even approach right. was good, given if you to change the circumstances and insert something that you actually call, did Matt. believe was really wrong. The letter he wrote and its wording wasn't that bad. 
So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Now, but on the other hand, it points out the big daggum problem, which is really when I hear it, the, the tone of it still is manipulative and uh, abusive uh, power wise. It's still a power trip from a yeah. institution. And it's a kind of a, that's kind of like that language is red flag, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. Too, because I mean that's the thing that's going to happen over and over again when you give people and tell them your authority over these people, and then and the, and as somebody right. that maybe isn't super, I don't know if he's unqualified or whatever, but this person is definitely using some parroting language of what he thinks somebody above him would want to do or would do to him or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a systemic uh, way of acting that isn't good. I mean, you can you know because. Like the problem is, you can literally insert anything there and then treat somebody that way. So it's yeah. a pretty dangerous thing that happens with authority structures. I believe. I, I just the the biggest thing for me is when somebody tells you they don't like something, but you know that there's something that they do that you wouldn't like. You know huh. what I mean? Like it, it, I, I just don't like it when it's so easily like, oh, this band's terrible, so don't listen to them. Like you would be better off as opposed to. It might be okay to listen to them and learn something musically, yeah. artistically, uh, whatever that might be. Even be challenged in your faith or whatever to stand for what you believe in, maybe even. I don't, yeah. I don't even know. But, I mean, honestly, it just, I just hate it when somebody just takes a stance because the truth is that worship leader didn't know, doesn't know anything about Slipknot. He probably is listening to maybe a song Half a song, a quarter of a song tops is what I believe. So he's that bothered by a band just because they're not Christian? Yeah, that's what but, I think. But that's uh, just that's a charade, like to though, to exert some power and authority, though. That's all. Right. It, it's, it's totally. It finds, he doesn't even it really care. Vehicle. Would, that, that type of thinking will find the vehicle you to know behave how many, that uh, worship lead, Yeah, he, he doesn't care. You know how many worship song leader people, that uh, Christian songwriter people that he's endorsing that are probably hidden gays? Are hidden uh, drug abusers are hidden non Christians. I mean that that's just. I mean, why would you be so sure that if somebody writes a song about Jesus or God that they're fully Christian? You can endorse them completely, but somebody that writes for the sake of art and to create something is just wrong. Yeah. Like, that's just so. That's just terrible. Uh, anyway, so how? how uh, I mean, I I could give a twenty minute answer on this because I feel pretty strongly, but how briefly, how would you guys handle this? That's a gr- this that's actually a really being, being good un- question. Being under this guy's leadership. I think that's, that's a really, really good question. question. Back in the day I would have submitted. Yeah. For sure. Now I would just be like, man, you can't say that. <laughs> I mean Pastors told me that before. Like, hey, you can write anything you want, just in the end well, wrap but, it up with Jesus. But to, to Joey's basically. question, that's really good. So should this guy put up with it or not? Can I mean what what like, um, like on one hand, yeah, authority gets stuff wrong. But what when it's what about when it's stupid like that? Like, th- what is he supposed to do? Say yeah. okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, can he say you know what? I totally disagree, I, I, but I'm going to submit to your authority. I think Slipknot. If, to be honest, he'd have to say I don't think this is wrong at all. I'm looking you in the eye. I will not go next time. I completely disagree with you, and this is going to be difficult for me. I guess that's and then whatever that means, right. that's it. But you can't. It has to be wrong to just go. Yeah, well. He's above me, so he must be right. That you right. can't do no, that, that's, that's right? Totally not. Or, or was that? What's yeah, that supposed? I, to, what's the authority supposed to be then? Because that's weird. No, I agree with you, but I agree with you. But I think to throw the church out the window. Any organization, if you come to a place where you say, "Hey, I cannot submit to that," then you got to get out. Like, he, I mean, if you're going to belong to something, whether it's uh, a, a local Walmart or a broker office or whatever it is. 
if you can't submit to your boss, then you can't work there. That's my opinion. Unless the boss is fine with you saying, yeah, you totally... But yeah, like you said, Matt, hey, I totally disagree with this, but I will follow suit. If you can't say, but I will follow suit, then you need to find yeah. a different place. I mean, that's my opinion. I, I think it just makes me want to lie. Hey, dude, you're right. Cool. <laughs> won't, won't listen to Slipknot anymore, and then I just will. But... How how are you helping that church? Though? It's not going to change. But that, how are you guy, helping the church? I, I don't know if you can. You don't like the pastor. I don't know if you can change that guy's mind. He's not going to all of a sudden no, no, go, no. you know what? Slipknot's cool. What I'm saying, though, is think of all the implications. Someone comes up and says, man, I just love this church. Dude, that pastor's so awesome, man. Blah, blah, blah. You, what are you going to say? No, he sucks. I can't stand him. I, you just I lie. Wish, you say, I love him. I think a lot of people lie. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do that for the long haul. Maybe you're right. I don't know. It just it just depresses me. I can't take it. Anyway, <laughs> I guess we're probably going to go ahead and get on out of here. Uh, transition. <laughs> Let's get to the break. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Stephen Keach. All right. Let me tell you what I'm big time into, and that is our sponsor, NatureBox. They're amazing. So let me give you some really cool information. First of all, if you act right now, you can enjoy your first box of NatureBox snacks on them, but only at naturebox.com slash badchristian and only if you act fast. So here's the thing. They make incredible snacks. They send them to you. We have them at our house. We love them. My daughter loves them. My wife loves them. And they're really the most delicious snacks on the planet. It's, it's that simple. I mean, you know you're going to be tempted to snack. And NatureBox says give in to that temptation, but do it in a smart way. And here's why. Their ingredients are nutritious. There's nothing artificial in it. It's There's no high fructose corn syrup. The snacks are amazing, and they are healthy. So... My favorite day of the month is when the nature box gets delivered to my doorstep because that's how just just how delicious these puppies are. Uh, chocolate banana chips; those things are crazy. Also, strawberry lemonade fruit stars. They're little, tiny, flavorful things that my daughter goes crazy for. We just give her one at a time here and there. It's great. Now, I've also noticed that a bunch of our uh, listeners have been tweeting to Nature Box saying thank you. So I know you guys are engaged with this sponsor and you like them, and they tweet back. Very good relationship. We're happy with the product and that our listeners like it. So, yeah, hook yourself up, hook us up, and go to naturebox.com slash badchristian right now to unbox a world of taste and possibility. One last time, that's naturebox.com slash badchristian for your first box of Beyond Tasty hand-picked snacks sent directly to your doorstep. All right, we got another one here. We got another one from our good friends at Tooth and Nail, who uh, I'm really happy that they like to advertise on our show, and we get to show cool music to people that seem to like it. So this relationship is working well too. Our musical sponsor for today is called XXI. So what we're going to do now is uh, listen to a track of theirs. This track is called "Say It Again." So we'll roll that here. This band's from Carrollton, Kentucky, and they're a brand new signing to Tooth and Nail Records. Here we go. Say it again.
So you can go see them on tour in September and October with Burn Halo. Uh, go to toothandnail.com for tour dates. And mainly, go pre-order this record at toothandnail.merchline.com. That's, once again, that's XXI. Okay. Steven on here? Hello. Right What's on. Steven, well, it's n- nice to Steven. meet you. My name's Matt. Hey, Matt. <laughs> Steven, my name is Toby. I-, I don't think we've ever met. <laughs> But I uh, just oh, wanted yeah, to say hello. I've heard your testimony. <laughs> and I'm uh, yeah. just super excited to hear about the power of Christ changing you and your band and the things that you've done for Christ. Go. You, Stephen? You must have you must have heard my testimony at the Second Baptist <laughs> Church over there on Greenstone. I did? I did, and it changed lives. <laughs> Stephen, I am looking at Google pictures of you so I can have somewhat of a visual, and I like the mustache oh, yeah. phase that you went through. I like the yeah, bearded stage. A, I'm going to just go ahead. Phase. Yeah, I'm going to say that you are a very nice looking man, and I think your voice is sexy as well. My name's Joey. Oh, wow. Okay, That's now, Stephen, those guys were just joking, especially with their question. But he, here's what we do. When we get somebody on the show, we like to ask them this. Stephen, tell us why you're a bad Christian. <laughs> go ahead. Just get oh, filthy, man. dude. Just get nasty. <laughs> Well, I was in a band, so, you know. I was in a Christian band, I feel like that. So, okay, so Stephen's from Haste the Day, and we just saw Stephen last week uh, on tour because he was playing with As Cities Burn, and regrettably, we were not, we got some good in-person interviews, but regrettably, we didn't get to sit down with Stephen in person. We were with him 48 hours ago. But back over the internet, we're glad to have you on the episode today. Stephen, did you get home from tour all right? I did. I'm I'm home safe. I'm... uh, here hanging out, just chilling. Was that today. fun? So how often? How, yeah, how, how often do you go out with other bands now? Because I mean, you were in Haste the Day for how many years were you in Haste the Day? Uh, I was in Haste the Day for five years. Wow! And uh, so now you aren't on the road, but you do you go out with bands that often now? Do you still trying to do playing performance stuff? Well, if they have if they have the right amount of money, then yeah. But, oh man, that's always the case. That's always <laughs> no. No, I go. Out, I really like going out that city's burn because I just really like them as people, and uh, uh, I don't like to tour a whole lot because I just I did that went there. So you, I mean, that. and you're now married now, and you home. miss it. You miss it when you're gone. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I I, I like to. Uh, I so like to let's get it. People say that a lot. You don't like to. Or do you really not like to? Did you never like to? I mean, what? How does that work? 
No, I mean, of course, touring is amazing. It's fun. It's, uh, you know, you go from city to city. But um, I don't know. I feel like tour might be one of the loneliest places, even though you're surrounded by a ton of uh, ton of people. It's just kind of a – there's no constant, really. It's, it's just uh, – it's all new things all the time. That can be uh, pretty draining, I think. Uh, yeah, well – I wanted to start back too with uh, okay. So when you started touring, you were you in bands before Haste the Day? Uh, yeah, I was in a local band in Denver. We didn't do a whole lot of touring. I think we did one. Yeah, uh, one like week and a half long tour. That when we left, uh, four of the shows got canceled, so we only had four <laughs> shows for that week and a half. But uh, whenever. Haste Today was uh, asking me to be in the band. I'm pretty sure I told them I had three weeks ex- of touring experience. Yeah, you lied uh, for sure. You always I did. have to. Yeah, I did. But, so what was that like? That's what I was trying to get to. So you didn't really have that much experience, and then you're going into a band that's doing really well, and they kind of have almost a, I wouldn't say iconic, but a, a well-known, uh, popular lead screamer, singer. And so what... I mean, they Jimmy wanted to stop being in the band, and how did they find you? And was that just unbelievably intimidating, or were you just like balls to the wall? I'm going for this. Uh, it was completely intimidating. Um, I, because I had, like I said, I didn't have much touring experience. I uh, had been in a band for a while, but this was on a whole another level. My first show was in Germany. Wow. Um, I'd never been overseas before. Uh, so it was like a pretty wild experience. I was definitely nervous. I didn't really know the guys super well, but I yeah. really liked them. And also, I was a Case Today fan. So, Oh, man. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the tattoo. Yeah. Are you yeah. serious? <laughs> no. Oh, no. I mean, that would be very my, possible. My Case Today face tattoo, I had to have it removed <laughs> so I could be on a band. Hey, uh, how old are you, brother? I'm 28 years old. All right, so you, you're you're a good bit younger than all of us. So when you started touring, you were like right out of high school, like early college yeah. age, or what? Yeah, I was uh, 19. So I just Golly. turned 19. I was 18 when they asked me, and right before our first show, about two weeks before our first show, I turned 19. How'd you win the gig? They had to have, be looking uh, at other people. Yeah, there were a few other people. Um, New Day Awakening, my old band. We played a couple local shows with yeah. them, um, and we we basically we loved Haste Today, so we begged to be on every show. Um, and the second show, I guess Jimmy had just told them uh, that he was quitting, and they uh, were looking for a new new singer, and they all individually came up to me and got my phone number. And I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. My band's going to get signed to Solid State, and we're going to tour with Ace today. It's going to be so cool. Uh, turned out there was a different future in store, which is awesome. But I actually right, said no So was that. your band really pissed? I mean, they were. They, they, had, to they had to be blindsided, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was one of those things. I actually said no at first. They asked me to, to do the European tour with them, and I said no because I was like, yeah, I, like we had just made the commitment to uh, go on tour full time. We were quitting our jobs, quitting school, oh, quitting everything. And we were like, and that first tour that we were going to do, which we had already booked like half of it, was in January of 2006, which was exactly when the tour they were asking me to go on. Oh, so, my gosh. no way. Yeah. So we, uh, it's like I said no. And then, uh, 
when I hung up the phone, I was with a bunch of friends who, you know, we're all friends with my bandmates and, um, none of them were out with us that time, but, um, we were hanging out at Barnes and Noble and they're like, who was that? Nobody. And I was like, oh, uh, it was, it was haste the day. They just asked me to go on tour with them as their vocalist. And I said, no. And they're all like, you gotta be crazy, man. And, uh, I knew that I was crazy for saying no. Do you think that pained them to say that, but they knew it was the right thing to say as friends? Uh, well, this wasn't actually my band. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it was sorry. People who weren't in the band that were friends with me and all my band. So I called, I called up, oh, I remember no. calling every one of the dudes in the band individually and telling them what had happened. And, uh, and they were all like, upset but also like they knew that i should do it like because any one of them would have done it yeah um but at the same time they were like very like well what are you gonna i can't do? believe you dragged that out and over I, a bunch of phone calls instead of doing it all at once i mean I, that's brave i'm i'm afraid to call my landlord and tell her we're moving yeah. out hey man you just, just gotta step it. up and do it dude <laughs> Yeah. Hey, the cool the cool part of this story is the rest of the dudes went on to really a lot of success at Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, one of the one of the dudes ended up being in Haste Today as well. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Dave Creasel. He are you uh, still friends with the other dudes? Did it end bad? I am actually. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, I, there was a rough period. I think where, but they were uh, like that dude. They sucks. still. They still. You know we. We still had like our last New Day Awakening show about three months in after Haste Today officially asked me to join. Yeah. Um, and we remained friends. And You're not getting uh, the band back together, though? There's not going to be a new day. You no, know, we, we thought about doing a reunion show, and then we realized that nobody would probably come. So <laughs> That must have been wild getting in there with Haste Today as the singer and everything. I mean, because they, they didn't hire you to be. They just said, do this tour, right? Uh, yeah, you so always it was like, about. do the tour, but... Right, but Mark Lafay, the the manager, he was pretty hard on yeah. me. Yeah, what they pay you first tour? He's a hard dude. Uh, I got a check for eight hundred for the whole tour. That's not that bad. How how how, how long? It was how long a, was it? I mean, I kept. It was about three mm, weeks um, in the UK. Now here's the thing: uh, at that point, I had never been paid for music uh-huh. ever in my life, and. I remember like sitting a in a hotel dollars. room when, yeah, when when Mark emailed us the figure like this is what you're gonna get, and I remember the other guys like, oh crap, how am how am I gonna pay my bills? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I got paid to how do How was this. Mark hard on you? <laughs> I can imagine that. By the way, I'm just curious uh, specifically. So I got to <laughs> He's been when on the I, podcast. He's we we know Mark very well. Oh, yeah. Really interesting oh, yeah. dude. He's, hard worker. Tough dude. Yeah. Great manager, just ended up becoming one of my like really, really close friends. Um, so he called me. So I didn't say – I dragged them along for a while because I didn't say yes right away. I called them back and I wanted more information and I took a long time to say yes. And Mark called me and he's like I, – and I had never seen him before. So I just had this picture in my mind of just this like dude in a suit <laughs> – with a briefcase, like <laughs> the, the man, you know, calling me the man, the, just the dude, you know, and he, he calls me and he's like, 
Stephen, are you uh, are you ready to quit your job, uh, quit your band, and move to Indianapolis? Because I lived in Denver at the time, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not ready to do all that stuff. I haven't even played one show with these guys yet. Just let me figure this out. And he wanted me to like fully lay everything down before I even like tried out, before I even like did the first show. And uh, he scared the crap out of me, man. He he really put the fire of God in me. And uh, then he picked me up the first day after I had finally said yes. Now, I said yes when I was working at Chili's, and I was working that day, and I wasn't supposed to be on my phone, but I hated it, and I hated the job, and I was not making any money, and I remember calling Mark on my cell phone right then and saying, I'll take it. I'll do it. Whatever you need me to do. I'll I do love it. it when people do and, bold uh, stuff like that, when they just make a decision. And act. I think that's <laughs> one of the, like, under, I mean, people just, the typical person doesn't take a big chance, period. They just don't. So, to me, I yeah. think you all, anytime you take a big chance, it doesn't always work out the way that you want it to. But even if it didn't work out to what it did, it still would have been a, it was still a bold, cool decision that you made that would have just yielded some other result that would have probably been cool, too just less comfortable so i love stories like that yeah exactly yeah but most people don't get that opportunity he's working at chili's most people's opportunity is hey applebee's yeah i'm just i'm just saying (laughs) i mean a a world touring band doesn't always happen. yeah but most most people people just don't pick up people don't make big commitments like that often easily that is always a reason not to there just always is yeah well, the question, yeah, next question I have is I, I would love to know it, too, is then after Jimmy has left, what was that like? Did the fans receive you well? Did they talk shit about you? Were they mean? Uh, there was uh, – oh, man. It was definitely your, your voice is a lot different than Jimmy's, it was, right? Yeah. It was – I mean, I got a lot of crap. I got a lot of crap. And it was like – and, you know, it was like ten, maybe 10% of the Haste Today fan base yeah. would be vocal about it, you know? Do you remember anything but, that people said? <laughs> like mean stuff? Oh, all the time. You're, you guys remember Lamb Goat? I guess that's still a thing, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, always the van or X van flip X, like Steven, their new singer sucks. Hope they get in a van flip. <laughs> <laughs> you know. People hoped you died. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a rough time for a second. I do remember meeting this one guy, which is actually really, kind of funny, but uh, I met this one dude and he came to a Haste Today show and he had headphones on. The entire time we played, I like the but way he was in the going. pit and he was dancing. Yeah. So after the show, he was talking to our merch guy Dustin, and I walked up, and Dustin goes, and all I hear is, "Oh man, well don't tell this guy that you don't like him." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, dude, are you a Jimmy fan?" And he was like, "Yeah, man. I, I mean, I just don't like you." Oh, <laughs> and I was like. Gosh. Oh, wow. Okay, well, and this is before we ever, obviously, this is years and years ago, and I was like, oh, you didn't hear the news? Jimmy's coming back, and we're doing double vocals, dude. And I was obviously joking, (laughs) Uh, and I walked away, I think. I think that's all I said. And uh, he, the the funny part is that that actually happened. It did happen in the future. Jimmy did come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So you weren't lying. We did dual vocals. I wasn't lying. I thought I was at the time, but... It, I, I've gotten that exact same thing before where um, – because we had dual vocals, which was me and Devin, our other lead singer. And so yeah. we trade off and he, Devin would sing lead. And when Devin quit, 
I would always see they weren't mean. They weren't probably weren't that mean about it. Like I just don't like. Well, uh, yeah, actually, a couple people were like that. They would say Emery's not the same band without Devin. Devin's everything. They even said yeah. that about Chopper, our bass player, <laughs> who really didn't write anything. Like Joel never Dude, people wrote. People do not. They do not like change. They don't. Oh, like I know. It. They don't, and they don't even understand it. Like they're like, your music sounds so much worse. And all Chopper. those people like, are well, still I mean, working we, at Chili's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's exactly right. But I remember. I mean, I would always see that. Like, hey, it's. It's great with Toby, but it's man, it's something's just missing with De- without Devin. And I would just always, I tried not to take that personally, and I, I wanted to be like you, where I just understand, hey, it's it's changed. I understand they don't get it, they don't like it, and all that stuff. But I was still was like, man, how can you be make such a bold statement when oh, you're not yeah. giving me a chance here? And, yeah, but and the yeah. band endorsed you. The band that they love endorsed you to be the guy that takes over for Jimmy, and Jimmy <laughs> wanted to leave that. You know, so the, I don't understand how people get so like, crazy about that. But you know, that's not people. A, people not look at me thing. like. I mean, <laughs> people look at me. They like, or back then, I feel like they looked at me like I came into the band and I killed Jimmy <laughs> and took over by force. Right. <laughs> yeah, like Jimmy had no. He wanted to stay. He would have yeah. loved it, but that jerk Stephen came in yeah. and just got rid of him. And everybody, agreed, yeah. the whole band, agreed with that. Yeah, I agree. I t- I totally agree. So oh, so man. the band. How did the band haste the day toured forever? And you you said you were in it for five years. What was the ending point? What made you guys quit? Well, we had a so we had probably that no drinking rule. All member changes yeah. that's what i want to talk about <laughs> well we changed that later they did change that. We, ch- we did change that on warp tour in 2010 uh made it made it fun made it yeah fun. you guys uh, um, we, we remember that specifically on, on a side note here that you guys i talked to you about this on the a- acb tour but you guys used to and this might have even been before uh, obviously before you even were in the band they said no drinking on tour you can drink at home but no drinking on tour and we always thought yeah that let's was let's so spend some time there if that's okay yeah that's it's this interesting okay. topic yeah, so what what I mean? What is the basis of that? Like, what's the logic behind that? Was it? It was already a rule before you got in there. But what? Tell me your impression of that and and what you how that came about or worked. Well, well, yeah. Before I was in the band, we always had a no drinking rule, and and we all drank. Uh, well, I mean, I was nineteen, so I didn't drink in the states because that was illegal. But uh, you didn't drink before twenty one. Uh, I did because we. My first tour was in. Uh, uh, jer- or in UK, oh, and and we, uh, you know, had a couple off days. You know, off days would make exceptions, right? And uh, but the thing is, we we I think it was a really good rule for then, especially like because Haste the Day has always been uh, a ministry band. That was like, I mean, like that was our our main goal. That was our our thing was just to share the love of Jesus, and um, <clears throat> and we felt like we couldn't really do that if we were like always drinking now uh after years and years of touring we had pretty much changed every member except for mike uh who's tried and true and uh stayed Mm -hmm. with us and and what a pattern that we saw happening was uh we would not drink all tour and it'd be fine but then we'd go home and we'd drink way too much and just like you know, it'd be like, like, oh my gosh, no rules for a couple days. Like, right. this is awesome. Like, and we just didn't know how to control ourselves. Didn't know how to like, you know, with, with drinking, it takes, I mean, it it's takes responsibility. <laughs> like all the bull, bull 
Yeah, it is. It's a discipline. You have to like know how to like not go insane. You know, like any any young drinker hanging out with older people, they're like, dude, cool, cool it, cool it right now because you're getting crazy. And uh, you know, we didn't want to like have this image of like every time we come home, we're just like the drunks that are just all over the bars, you know. So uh, eventually, now it took a really hot day on Warp Tour and. There was beer in our fridge because every day on Warp Tour they give you a – I want to say they give you like two 12-packs or like a 30-rack of beer and a case of water. And that's what you know. That's what you get every day. You, you yeah. can't even say no to the beer. They give it to you. You can give it away if you want, but you have to take it out of there. Right. So we had a stockpile of beer in our bus and we had run out of water. And all of this beer, I think we were talking about this when, when we were out together the other, last week, but there was every cabinet, the whole, entire refrigerator was just stocked with beer. And uh, we, were, we were like, just thirsty, I guess. And we're like, it's time. We just need to do it because, you know, this beer has to get drunk, you know? And... Uh, we also like got brought up because I remember one of the guys was not into it, and we all wanted to like be responsible with it and not like go crazy and and you know be jerks the whole time. But, but what's what's the logic in the first place? If you're trying to be a ministry band, it's just so people wouldn't see you talking about Jesus and also have a beer. I mean, were y'all doing what were you doing at shows that made you a ministry band different than what Emory was doing? Let's say in 2007. Uh, I don't think a lot was different. I think that uh, uh, it was just an easier way to control. It was just easier way to control ourselves, you know, and we didn't trust ourselves totally to uh, to be able to be clear of mind and talk to, talk to kids. And, and I think mostly we were scared that uh, people wouldn't accept our ministry because of the mm-hmm. alcohol thing. Um, and there was a lot of people like that, you know, like we don't, we don't want to like offend anybody. We don't want to like, throw anybody off or make our ministry suffer because, uh, because but it seems to me that only the religious you know? people would be the people offended by that though. So Absolutely. that's the thing. I mean, I'm not no, uh, uh, trying to disagree with that policy or whatever. I just don't, I kind of had a hard time understanding it because the only people that wouldn't take you seriously would be people who think you should be doing some other thing, not the people you'd be ministering to. Why would they care if you had a beer? Well, Matt, Matt, you you definitely disagree. I definitely disagree. I mean, I de- oh, I definitely do disagree. Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> trying to be mean. No, well, no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not offended by that at all. Because, but I mean, uh, everybody. But it, it worked, right? Because everybody stayed Christian, right? Because the whole band stayed Christian, right? Yeah. Well, not. That's actually not true. Uh, no. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody. We're, that was a setup. Sorry. <laughs> So it didn't work. It didn't help like the uh, <laughs> right. I'm not going to say it didn't work cuz it was like it was good for the time, you know? And I mean, like I mean that like the alcohol thing had nothing to do with somebody like Jason not becoming or not Are you Christian sure though? Do you think like he, I say I here's where I disagree. I we know Jason. Jason is out. He is not he's an atheist 100%, but we've known Jason mm-hmm. for a long time. He was Dave our drummer's best man in Dave's wedding. We've oh, Jason, yeah. We, we've known Jason for an extremely long time, and I really do believe that 
he was told that Christianity is don't do these things, just like don't drink, and that will mean something. And then when he started thinking for himself, he thought, yeah. he, he thought, yeah, this isn't true. This is bullshit. I, I mean, if not drinking means something, then I can't be a part of it. Not, that, that's blowing that part up. I think it, it led to a bunch of different thoughts, obviously. And I'm, I'm not saying dr- Absolutely. Uh, not drinking led to his atheism, but I do think that is the problem with Christianity sometimes is that people go, well, hey, wait, if we don't drink on tour, that means we're more Christian potentially. Or, hey, if I, if I don't, uh, you know, if it, it if I don't look at porn, but I just allow this thought or this thought or this thought, then I'm, I'm more Christian than that other person or something like that. And not, and I want to clarify that again. I'm talking a lot. I believe y'all's intentions were pure and, and like you yeah. thought you were doing the right thing. I don't think you guys are just like, oh yeah, if we don't drink, we're better Christians. I don't think that at all, but it can lead us down that road of, uh, Christianity is just works maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I think that, uh, for us, I mean, we were all like, Haste Today was a very innocent band, like, uh, in the way that every single one of them were raised. And, uh, even before me, maybe, maybe Jimmy was like the least innocent of them because he had a life before he met, uh, before he met Christ. But, um, but we were all just like very, like, I'm a preacher's kid and, uh, just very innocent. Didn't really, now my parents have been a really great influence of me uh, about that whole subject because, um, when I was like in high school, uh, they started, you know, showing us that drinking is okay. You know, you can still be, you know, a Christian and and drink and, uh, and you know, that's like a part of our family's lives now. And like, but you know, when I was in high school, man, I didn't want to like accept that really. I I had to be hard lined, you know, I was like younger minded. So I had, uh, I had to set these hardline boundaries for myself. Um, maybe it was just to feel better. Maybe it was just to feel like a better Christian, or maybe it was yeah. uh, to keep me out of trouble when I was in high school and irresponsible. And are you still close with your whatever, parents? Uh, I mean, are they still very close. open? And, and they are. Yes. You would consider them open about certain things, then, like that they're okay with you having a beer in front of them. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we. Yeah, you know, see, actually. I, my dad, before I went out to uh, to that first tour, he said, "Now, son, um, you're gonna go to Europe and you're gonna have good German beer." And I was only 19, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "But you're gonna have your first beer with me." And he he grabbed a Corona out of the fridge. Oh my and put a god! Your dad has to be the coolest man in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we get him on the podcast? Uh, so we, My lord, that is that is awesome. And, and he's a Christian, he right? Would. He's he not. A, he's not. He I mean, he believes in God and Jesus, right? He I mean, does. Oh, he sure does. He's a pastor of a church still. That is so amazing, and that that uh, I, I had the exact opposite. <laughs> My parents told me that actually <laughs> alcohol was a sin, not drinking it. Even like alcohol, sinful itself molecular is a structure. Sin. Just being yeah, being right. being around it in general <laughs> is just a sin. <laughs> Creating alcohol in a liquid is a yeah. sin, no matter what. <laughs> Even if you never bacterial drink it. fermentation, so, I think in that itself is sinful. Right, <laughs> fermentation for sure. Even though it's in the Bible, that that was non-alcoholic, right? Yep. Completely, it was just grape juice. Completely, they yeah. It they have people have. People have really good theories about that. The wine oh, is the worst. actually just grape juice. I, 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 I could never understand why you wouldn't call something grape juice then. <laughs> why would you call it wine? I've always called it grape. I give my daughter grape juice. I do not give her wine. But anyway, I do think that's pretty awesome that your parents were that open and, and uh, 
free about that because what that actually means is the alcohol doesn't have a hold on you. It means you, you, you know what I mean? Like you actually are in control of it as opposed to, Hey, don't do it no matter what, because as soon as you taste it, it owns you. Like if you see an adult say, Hey, listen, drink this moderation, control it own it. If you can't don't, but if you can, here we go. We're let's share this and just see the same way as food or anything like that. So I, th- I think that's really awesome. But anyway, we're kind of off the point now, and, and I know we got to. We're probably going to wrap up here in a little bit. But I would like to know the end of Haste the Day. You're in a touring band. You're making your money. This is this is basically all you've known now for five years, and the end comes. Mm-hmm. Who decided? And, and was it really scary? Uh, yeah, uh, we. So basically, Mike, uh, Mike, and I, and our manager Mark. Uh, and Mark had been there from the very beginning of Haste Today. Uh, we kind of all made a pact that if one of us was out, then all of us were out. Yeah. Uh, and because I, I, you could tell it was like we were slowing down as a band. We weren't selling as many tickets at that time, uh, which is fine. We just didn't want to be like beating a dead horse. You know, we didn't want to yeah. like continually. That's one of my favorite activities. Dead we horse be beating. That broke band. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty great, but uh, but yeah, we we were just ready to like experience like experience life in a different way, I guess. And Mark sent us an email. Uh, we were on tour with Inter Shikari. It's like a yeah. co-headliner kind of thing, um, and it was it was a good tour, but it was really really hard. We were like. We decided we were going to try and make some more money, so we're sleeping on kids' floors, and uh, things get weird when that happens. Um, <clears throat> but we were all just kind of like tired and yeah. kind of done, you know. And Mark sent an email, uh, or called Mike and I, and was like, "Hey, I'm about to send you guys an email. Uh, I'm out. I'm done with uh, music management. I'm going into something else, and I'm I'm out." And we were, me and Mike just looked at each other. We're like, all right, it's been a good run. And then he sent the email, and I think everybody in the band kind of knew what that meant. Uh, and it was hard. It was kind of a hard decision. It was it was scary because, like, I mean, other than my job at Chili's five years before, I don't really yeah. have any work experience, and you don't know what, what you're going to do, you know. And I, I was glad to be a part of a church, uh, at that point that was like kind of made the transition a little easier, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a, a hard, difficult, scary road to go down when you are so used to being one person. I wrap my identity so much around being Stephen Keach from Haste the Day. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm Stephen Keach at Calypso Cafe down the street in East Nashville. How did you get down to Nashville? (laughs) You moved down to Nashville and live with Matt Hoops from Reliant K and do studio stuff down there. Is that correct? I did. Still? Yeah. Uh, How did you get, how did you get into that situation from Indy? Uh, I met Matt Hoops at a coffee shop and, uh, which was down the street from his house. And I needed, I lived there with, uh, me and a guy named Dustin DeRozier, who, who worked for Haste Today for a long time, uh, we moved down there to get it together. Uh, just needed to get out of Indianapolis and, and kind of experience new things. And um, We moved down there, and I just met Matt. At a Is that Ugly Mugs or Barista he, Parlor? It was, in fact, okay. Ugly Mugs. And Barista Parlor did not exist in that, at that time. But uh, 
he he was like, yeah, so I'm looking for uh, some people to move into my house. He was he was living somewhere else at the time and rented out a room to me. Uh, and actually, one of the other guys in uh, New Day Awakening, my old old band, and uh, he moved out to Nashville, and we ended up living in that house together. And then Matt moved back in, and I just stayed there for like three and a half years, and that's when we started doing studio Sweet. stuff together. So you like Nashville? Are you an advocate? Do you think people should go there and live? I am. It is a beautiful place. Don't come here because we're too full. There's too many people. <laughs> well, uh, it, no, it's in a serious note. It really is. It, it really is an amazing place. And there's really great community and great people. And um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people move here with the dreams of becoming super famous, uh, you know, artists and stuff like that. And maybe that's the wrong reason to move here. You might want to yeah. move here because you've got friends and and. Uh, make that your first priority, and then maybe something will happen in music. But and you and you got married recently, right? I did in October. Yeah. And was your wife a fan of Haste of the Day? She actually wasn't, which was nice. really awesome. Oh, good work. So good work. <laughs> uh, that no, is so thank great. You. Thank you. That is so yeah, great. Yeah, she and didn't it, really know anything about that whole scene that much that is so cool like you want her on your own merit just as steven that's i did a, that's just yeah. the, that's the best feeling in the whole world my last question is you remained a christian after a ministry band and all that stuff you're still believing you like you didn't you're not give a it up pk and, and the, road, the road didn't make you wary <laughs> no no i still am yeah it's uh god's really uh been amazing in my life and there's no reason to uh to go back on him now, you know, like he's so been give a defense for the gospel the right now. Give a defense <laughs> yeah. for the gospel. Well, you should that's read awesome, it man. yourself and figure it out. Nice. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Hey, I really <laughs> think you're a super cool guy, man. I know Toby and Matt, they're uh, not going to come right out and say I'm, it, but they, yeah, they think I'm really, it too. No, I'm actually more into Jimmy Ryan, to be honest, <laughs> vocally yeah. and personally. Ah, Jimmy, we got a Jimmy <laughs> fan. <laughs> Hey, who's the well, actually? I'm a I'm actually a Jimmy fan. That's the hardest part is that I I believe everybody. Hey, so I bought your fir- I bought the first Haste of Day album, and uh, there's a really scary girl on it. But then I was just looking up other cover al- <laughs> looking up other cover albums. Did y'all use that girl again for another album? No, there's another there's another girl on another two different album. girls. I don't know before before I was in the band there was girls on every album. It gotcha. was just always a girl, kind of like MXPX punk guy, except you guys had a scary girl. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It was always just like creepy girl in a field or <laughs> tears coming down her eyes or something like that. That was the thing for a while, for sure. Like just the yeah. person on the front guy or girl that's creepy. Yeah. Well, and you're always with- wondering like who is that person, right? <laughs> Well, with with Matt working with you guys in the recording studio, try to get him to do some male bonding time so you can see Matt cry because you don't get to see that too often, man. And y'all have fun. <laughs> <We'll do. laughs> All right, Stephen. Well, thank you so much, man. And uh, this sounds like a cheesy send off, so um, I don't want to even say anymore. God bless. Yeah, God bless you. Hey. What's your favorite? Hey, scripture? God bless you guys too. <laughs> What's your favorite scripture? Hey, John three sixteen, man. John three sixteen. Yeah, Chopper, our first. Our, our Chopper, our first bass player, used to always say Genesis 1. <laughs> it actually is a beautiful, it is a beautiful I agree, scripture, but it's the one he can remember. Pretty. People always want that. And you're just like, eh, no, no, no. So, anyway. hey, people used to ask me to like sign that, like sign something on their 
on there. Oh yeah, totally. Like, put your favorite scripture on there, and I'd be like, oh, and I'd feel it on the spot. Just the worst like, feeling. I don't know why uh, that is, but it's just the worst feeling. It feels terrible because it feels like you're you're saying this whole huge thing in a scripture, and it could easily be yeah. taken out of context, or it puts so much weight on a yeah. scripture as opposed to well, the it entire also, word, yeah. which the entire yeah, Bible's the Bible is about Jesus. It also lends to the idea is, of like, I yeah. want you to influence me. Go ahead. You know, it just feels weird, right? Yeah, and don't let me down. You know, don't it's like if down. you want to let's let's just have a conversation. Let's just talk for a little bit and like talk about the Bible, talk about God. I did Jesus wept anyway. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is a that is the most memorable. Of yeah, it all really the scriptures, is. I feel like. It really is. So yeah. anyway, cool. Thanks you for joining us, Stephen. And uh, you got anything going on right now? You working on any new records or recording anything or what's going on? Uh, I'm actually working on some stuff for uh, music license. Nice. Uh, a lot of people doing that. Tight. Seems like yeah. a very cool. So thing. We'll, we're still going to be hearing you around. So, so we'll yeah, we'll see a like a thing. we'll see a Reese's peanut butter cup commercial and like hear some crazy screaming. That'd yeah, awesome. that's all. That's actually what I all do. Yeah. I like to try and <laughs> that's it. I like to try and sneak the screaming into all the commercial stuff. It's a very, very ig- <laughs> a very ignorant fan saying stupid jokes. Right <laughs> I love it. All right, cool. Thanks for joining us, dude. All right, all right sounds good. We'll talk to you later. All right, Stephen Keach, everybody. All right, Stephen. Steven, I was uh, actually talking to uh, John Peace, our drummer at church the other day, and we were talking about Cable Guy, yeah. and it's still funny, like the younger generation does understand it, but like they really do get it, but I, I, that's, that's a line from Cable Guy, Steven, yeah. when he said that, and I, I was thinking like, that movie is amazing. Like yep. I know I'm off, totally off subject right now. You but know, Chris Farley was the original Cable Guy. He was he? That, right? He was the first. He was the original one. Shrek. Yeah. I know. I just found that out, man. Isn't that crazy? That melted my damn heart. I mean, I, I still guess I think he's maybe my favorite comedian slash actor yeah. of well, all you, time. You know that new movie's out on iTunes. You can rent it Already? or buy it right now. I'm yeah. going to then because yeah. I love it. He's one of my all time favorites. I didn't even know the, the documentary's out. Yeah, it didn't even go to theaters it's, it's, or anything. It's huh? not a yeah. I was surprised, but it's not a pre order. You can get it right now. I'm gonna. Is it expensive? <laughs> uh, yeah. My favorite. I'm just really excited about it. Love that is dude. Wait, twelve ninety nine. Ouch. That's actually true, too. I'm not kidding. It doesn't matter if anything, money comes involved. I'm just like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, anyway, all right. That was a great interview. Thank you, Stephen Keach from Haste the Day fame. And now he's recording a bunch of bands and just still doing me. What a, what a wonderful story. It worked he's, out good. He's a, he remained a Christian, even though the people in his band left the faith and are headed straight for hell. And he survived Stephen the Keech, temptations my friend, of the road. Oh my gosh, the women, the drinking, the drugs, he's still a believer. Hero. <laughs> there's only there's only one way to follow up an interview that good, and that would be with some damn news. Dun dun In a world. In a world. Where penises and vaginas penises are the most tempting vag- things ever. <laughs> Sometimes they supersede any thought or belief. <laughs> but Stephen Keach stands alone. My name's Toby Morrell, and this is the damn, damn news. Ow! Ow! All right. You know, when you put your damn news before other people's damn I'm going to put my damn news in your damn butt, <laughs> and I'm going to swish it around, I'm going to pull it out, and then I'm going to make you smell it. This is damn pissing me off, because you don't care about my damn ears.
So I'm going damn home to put my damn headphones off, and I'm walking out of the damn room. And you can say, put your damn headphones on, but I'm not going to do it. Matt, he's leaving. <laughs> put your... He's <laughs> leaving. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Those words actually came like you were letting me know. Like, me. <laughs> Matt, he's leaving. It sounds like such a tattletale. <laughs> Matt, Matt, he's leaving. <laughs> Matt, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Hopefully, people know what we're talking about. All right. My first news segment comes from Carolyn Gregoire, which is really interesting because one of our BC fans is her nephew. And his name is, I think it's Daniel Gregoire. I hope I'm not saying that wrong, Daniel. Um, but anyway, he says, man, we can get her on. She's a senior writer on, on Huffington Post. But uh, she wrote, psychopaths may be immune to contagious yawning. Ha! I thought it was really interesting. Is, yawning sympathetic. I, I like that gesture. Yeah. Right. Think you might be dating a psychopath? There are several telltale signs, including a tendency to lie a charming but callous demeanor, and an inflated ego. Here's another one to watch for. When you yawn, he or she, how many psychopaths are females? I bet it's way less. She doesn't yawn back. New research finds that psychopaths, people characterized by a lack of empathy and abnormal social behaviors, may be more immune to contagious yawning than the rest of us. In the study, which will be published in the Journal of Personality and Individual Differences in November, Psychologists from Baylor University in Texas showed that people who are more cold-hearted are less likely to engage in natural behavior of catching yawns. Most people find it difficult to resist yawning when, and this is me as well, I always yawn when somebody else yawns. When the person they are, so I'm not a psychopath, when the person they are with yawns or shows signs of being tired. Why? Contagious yawning is a sign of empathy and a means of social bonding. Even some animals, including chimps and dogs, display this behavior. Psychopaths are partly defined by a lack of empathy and compassionate understanding of the feelings of others. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought this was really interesting because I actually do this. I, I actually hate it. I always thought it was lame. And whenever I heard that, I was like, oh, I won't do it. But then I actually just caught myself when even my kids do it. Like I just naturally do it. So I thought this is a really interesting idea that it somehow shows empathy. I don't know if you can give us a little bit more on that, Matt, but I do think that's just really crazy. That That's a sign of empathy. It's not mm -hmm. just a natural reaction. You see somebody do well, that's, something, you that do is, it That's too. all empathy that's is. That's, that is empathy on its base level. So you're but I thought empathy was more like you understand what somebody's feeling. Empathy is it. to to be able to tap into it and understand it. Sympathy is when you you know choose to have a different feeling for a person responsive to what they have. Empathy is when you feel what they feel. And so if you yeah. if they feel tired, you feel tired. When somebody else is sad, you feel the sadness. That's empathy. And so you're one of the most empathetic people there are out there. That doesn't mean you have a lot of sympathy for people. You can have no sympathy for somebody, but you're very empathetic in that if a crowd is a certain way or a person's a certain way, then you just yeah. get crazy. You know, you feel what they're feeling, and it, it might be devastating to sure. you or whatever. You're not a solid rock in that situa in a situation. Joey just yawned, and I yawned. <laughs> you did. You no. just what? Totally you look like yawn. you just opened your mouth and but breathed in deep. That's bizarre because I went like this and you thought no, I was yawning. No, and yeah. yawn. no, you actually did breathe in with your mouth. <laughs> you you opened your like mouth this. and you didn't breathe. That kind of, Toby counts that as a yawn. I no. did like maybe I yawned and didn't even know it. I yeah, I don't I think yawned. you knew it. I mean, I seriously saw you do it. Well, Toby, you're so you're very you much the opposite of a psychopath. <laughs> you would you would register very very far off from a psychopath. 
Why is that? Why can't I be a psychopath? I think I am. I'm certainly you're very opposite a psychopath. Because I can't not empathize with right. That's what makes you hate people is because you feel like they feel and shitty. Now, do psychopaths hate people? They don't don't care. They only use people. Shit, you're right. I actually hate people, so I'm not a psychopath. Psychopath don't. <laughs> psychopath. Well, I mean, you hate people for the way they make you feel and what you know about them and what you feel the energy they're putting off. You know, you have all. Damn it, so, you're right. I don't even Yeah, to be a, a psychopath, psychopath. simply uses people like they would use rocks or trees or whatever. So, psychopath also doesn't Damn mean that it. you're violent or kill people, although psychopaths are capable of such. That usually takes. It's not always wise, and you usually have to have some other. Uh, drives and other stuff going on a psychopath to also make you a psychopath. Do you killer. consider yourself like you don't? Do you empathize with people? What do you consider yourself? Um, no, I'm, I have a think? lot of stuff that's not really like a psychopath, but I do have some things in common as far as the l- l- lack of empathy and separation from. And you, you, t- so you have some empathy, but not right. Fully. I mean, I, I, you, I think of things as all pragmatic and utilitarian kind of a thing. Like I, he has strategic. What's Joey? Empathy. What's Joey then? Because, I mean, Joey, do you empathize with people or are you just – Joey's almost just sympathy. Matt thinks that think my sympathy just, is unhealthy. Oh, definitely. And he's probably right on some accounts. Yes. But I think I, I think you guys may, be, may have a uh, de- like an unhealthy level, low level of sympathy. Uh, what a great word. Matt, I, I don't know. I, I, just, de- I'm I just definitely pissed. think I definitely think that I can go overboard. I'm pissed that Joey gets depression, Matt gets a bunch of different mental stuff, <laughs> and I don't even get to be a no. psychopath. I'm just me. All I get is jerk or no, me. No, you get rage, like I, verbal that, rage. Yeah, but that's not fair. That's just everybody likes that. that. I'd rather have verbal. Who rage. Who gets pissed off at your depression? Oh, so you're so you're saying who gets pissed off at Matt's trying to figure out emotion? <laughs> Every mother gets mad yeah. at me. <laughs> Moving on. To Yahoo News. Come on with that Yahoo News news crap. I thought this was interesting because I had this thought today. I saw a lady fixing her makeup in the mirror as she. I pulled up to a stoplight and she's fixing her makeup I'm in the mirror. Fixing you know that, my makeup in the mirror. Uh-huh. I don't think that's really how that goes. I'm see. But I actually, I did think. Well, first of all, this is dangerous. She could cause an accident or whatever. She's looking in a mirror, right? And then two, I was like, what would aliens think if they landed here? And one whole part of the species covered themselves in like mud to make themselves look better. Like there's males and females. Males, for the most part, don't wear makeup. Right. But the women who we consider more beautiful, mm-hmm. just naturally more beautiful, and all this cover themselves in some kind of pre made goo to make themselves look better because it's not accepted. That's really a strange thought. I guess the only thing is it doesn't look like goo. Like or I, I mean, I really want to give my wife a compliment here. She doesn't wear that much makeup, and I'm so happy. She's beautiful naturally, and maybe uh, that I think most women are. Why, I mean, why would guys not have to wear it? At the very least, if I was a woman, I'd be outraged that men don't Toby, wear makeup. your wife makeup. has been gone for three years. No, she, oh, she left me. <laughs> that is true. This was three years ago. Anyway, grooms, <laughs> this comes from Yahoo.com. Canada. Groom sues new wife for fraud after seeing her without makeup. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. A pastor I who feel- saw his new... <laughs> <laughs> A man who saw his new wife for the first time without making without makeup 
is reportedly suing her for trauma after being shocked at her appearance. I'm getting drunk off your news the right now. The unnamed couple had just got married in Algeria, and after spending the night together, the husband woke up to find his wife barefaced. But rather than admire her natural beauty, instead, the man refused to believe the woman was his wife, believing her to be a thief. Finally realizing that this was, in fact, the woman he loved, the man is now allegedly <laughs> suing her for fraud and Good psychological Lord. suffering. A source told Emirates 247, he said he was deceived by her and she used to fill up her OMG. face with makeup before OMG. the marriage. OMG. So I just, and she's a thief. Basically. That's what happened anyway, to Jacob in the Bible. Uh, he's trying to get 13,000 uh, like pounds or something like that. That's crazy. He's suing her for a bunch of money. But I, I mean, I, I can't believe our the, the system now, you can sue anybody. You can That's sue your crazy. wife so for stupid. fraud that she doesn't, I mean, that, he can't win. It doesn't say, but I mean, he can't win. That's just silly. Well, that's right? another country, so we don't I, know what they got over there in Algeria. That happens all the time in America. I mean, that happens yeah. all the time in America too. I mean, just silly, crazy stuff. You can sue for anything these days. But once again, back to my point, is that not just completely unfair that a woman has to even wear the makeup in well, the first place? Not, like we make of, like women and men make women shave. I don't know their about hair. that. And put makeup. Yes, they do. I promise you. And and uh, we all want it. That's what I'm saying. We all choose that. Men and women both say women should look a certain way for the most part. And then there's a few outliers that go, no, I'm not going to shave my legs or my armpits. No, I'm not going to wear well, makeup and stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part. I have a suggestion. You, okay. the same thing for humans. Point proven. Do, do your wives shave hair and wear makeup? Yes. Yes or no? In the, With us three, all of our sure. wives do that. And would you be... Potentially a little bit shocked if tomorrow your wife raised her arm and there was a big giant bush <laughs> on her arm, <laughs> or her legs looked like Saskatchewan. Yeah, but she wouldn't like it either, right? So because she's been sculptured, Sasqu- Saskatchewan, <laughs> no, the, the s- province in Western Canada <laughs> is what your le- wife's legs look like. There's a lot of trees, man. A lot of greenery. <laughs> the province possibly where Sasquatch lives. Okay. Let me make Woo! a suggestion. Let me make a suggestion on this, and that is the same as Joey's wife and my wife are very into my birthday. They women do make mm. a lot of stuff about themselves. Um, and mm. Think of another. Preach. They the makeup kind of uh, is a lot mainly for them. I would argue because we would still find the most beautiful of the beautiful that we were attracted to, and would, whether or not there's makeup, that's almost a competitive social thing about them for themselves. Uh, if you look at most of the animal species, look at peacocks. It's the male peacocks. It's the other uh, male animals. The, the lion with the beautiful mane is the, is the male lion. So in animal kingdom, the male needs to attract the female mm. with the stuff. And in humans, we've got right. something a little bit else, different going on. And so I'm just suggesting that women do a lot of stuff for themselves. For instance, you know the women that women think are attractive? They're talking about Sarah Jessica Parker. Not who we find That's attractive, right. and they want to they want to do makeup like and do stuff like the the skinny models or the women that are whatever that are not the the the, the traditional or the the predominant uh, physique of what men actually like. Men tend to like maybe a little more thicker women than these skinny types sometimes. But you'll see often that the women Damn, don't, you know what I'm man. talking about. I'm just saying, you know, women don't say, ooh, I want to look just like Scarlett Johansson. They say, I want to look like Sarah Jessica Parker. And it's not necessary. Now, that, that is a little two-way standard because women do not like thickness in men. But you know what I'm saying? I'm saying the makeup is, 
and leg shaving, if men were okay with it, women still would do it for themselves and for each other and to out-compete each other. Regard- it's not because of what we make them do. I would, I'm not buying that. I disagree. I think men and women all together think that women should look a certain way to, for beauty, mm-hmm. and so I just disagree with you. Joey, what do you think? You don't, I, you don't I, give I, a I, shit about anything? You're just going to sit there? No, I... Th- <laughs> I'm going to do a self-fulfilling prophecy right now. Okay. No, I definitely think that it, you can't just say this about females. Mm. All, all of us have like a cultured way that we have to measure up with. Like I can't walk into a gas station. Um, and be bald. W- uh, with like no shirt on and uh, like jacked up spandex pants without people being like, oh, that dude shouldn't be wearing Even if his wife was okay that. with it. It doesn't look right. Right. Right, it just that's that's like a culture thing. So I, I think you're maybe giving the females too much of a oh poor females. Yep. They're big girls. They can. I'm take saying care girls of and guys decide this, but I I think it is. Well, a girls bit and silly. guys also decide that I, you well, should. How about look this? A certain when way. we get to heaven and our redeemed bodies, every woman's gonna have fully thick armpit hair and leg hair. And that's why there's not going to be any sex you, in heaven. You, there's uni- not going to be any sex in heaven. Unibrows so, no. and everything. I mean, we're all living to some kind of standard that's not real. Women, in order for women to be attractive, they have to look a certain way. I do believe it goes too far, but I just don't see the big deal in the fact that, oh, you know what? Girls shave You have armpits. told me, I promise, you told me right Here after comes a, a, joke. a church staff <laughs> meeting that you would divorce Priscilla if she let her leg hair grow. You've said have a that. a legal case for it. With your hand on the Bible. I told you that it stayed just in, um, in, in the staff. Matt, meeting. would you divorce Bridget if she let her leg hair and armpit hair grow? Well, and if she quit wearing my makeup. first wife in the wintertime often would not shave her legs. Right. You know, <laughs> he says first wife because she. Oh, yeah. Bridget's my first wife. <laughs> but sometimes in right. the wintertime, she lets her hair grow a little bit. <laughs> she yeah, does. I don't care. Nice. Man, I'm kind of proud of you, my friend. I, mean, I just don't care. Right. Okay. Well, we're running out of time. Joey has to go watch his kids um, right now. So I'm going to end my news for you. Yeah, because my wife has to shave her armpits before I get Or else. Right. Because if she doesn't, (laughs) if she doesn't, (laughs) it'll be ass whooping up in here. If we got any, right, we so got we tried to make a huge point out of. Uh, I think that's true. I, I hope women and men support me in that, and I wish. I dude, wish I would have. All I'm saying is, you need to talk to hair. the women. You need to preach to the women, not the men. The men, you know, are not the ones that cause a lot of it. Yes, they are. Men do not want leg hair. John Lanza, Just Jonathan Guyman, Joshua Gilbert, Kenneth Barnes, Kevin Grote, Lauren Van Howie, Lindsay Coke. Lucas Shai Chuck and Madison Norris and Matthew Walker and Natalie Rodriguez and Nate Griffin Philip Mesa Goodness gracious Parker Rachel Odell and Reed Shepard Who are these people? We love you guys Who are they? They help us put food on the damn table at the Morell and Carter and Svenson household Hey, all joking aside you guys make uh, bad Christian, what it is, we really can't do it without our BC clubbers. And what's cool is you're just doing it because you want to do it. That's not true. Twisting any arms. Hey, we we do give you That's stuff. That's true. But the stuff just really isn't all that right. good, or at least it's not worth you giving us money. So you're doing it because you want to, and you support us, and that's pretty cool. 
more than anything, we just love hearing from people. And, and I mean, you say that we mean a lot to you, and that's just kind of neat because you're backing it up by saying, hey, we want to support you. So you can go to uh, badchristian.com forward slash contribute if you want to be a part of the Bad Christian Club. Uh, I hear there's some Emory VIP footage coming out this month. So if you join the Bad Christian uh, Club and you didn't care about Emory, this may not be the best monthly gift, but maybe for the first time you'll fall in love. I can't even hardly believe it that you have all those names there. Like I wouldn't be surprised if I found out you were padding them with fake names because I cannot. I really am blown away there's that many people that sign up. I don't know. Maybe those aren't each every week, but twice a week you read off a big list of names. So that's a ton. Yeah. So I, I'm crazy because yeah. I, don't, I don't pay attention to the analytics all the time, but that's making me feel real good. Hey, and I, I want to tell you guys too, um, Matt and Toby, that we're going to be having a new segment oh, great. coming up soon on, on the podcast uh, because all the 50-plus, so that's people that give $50 a month, and yes, mm-hmm. there are people that give $50 a month to this thing, believe it or not, and uh, we're going to have them come on for like a three- to five-minute uh, grill session. Uh, so you guys will be in for a treat because you won't have to do any work, but you'll mm, get to hear I it. love get the sound of that. It. Yeah, so we'll be bringing that, making that a part of the, the podcast here and catch up because there's a lot of, well, you know, there's probably like 20, 25. There, hey. There's like someone that gives like two hundred fifty dollars a month. Can you believe That's that? That's cool, Delby. That's unbelievable. I just uh, I love it because you can like go buy new clothes. No, what's you know what's really interesting, Matt? That Joey doesn't buy pants with zippers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Matt, I didn't know this. There's no zippers or buttons. Anymore, all elastic, baby. <laughs> They're all. <laughs>